The expenses of the government reach everybody. Taxes take from everyone a part of his earnings and force everyone to work for a certain part of his time for the government. Thank you, Marshall. That was Marshall Phillips with the news. <laughs> no, um, that is this day in history, the first ever presidential radio broadcast with Calvin Coolidge. Wow. Silent Cal there. Don't make fun of me. We all sounded like this back then. <laughs> it's just the way we talked. Uh, see? <laughs> also this day in history, though, with the women having defeated Canada in a shootout for the gold medal in the Olympics. This was in 1980, this day. The is there. The puck is still loose. 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to show. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Unbelievable. Someday, I would like to wax philosophical for you young folks who don't understand why that was so incredible in 1980 when the U.S. men's hockey team beat the Soviets. I'll wax non-philosophical, but I remember watching it. Our TV had gone out, and so we were watching it on our nine-inch black and white. Nine inches. The puck is a little challenging <laughs> on a 60-inch high-def TV. Yes. Following that. Still remember it. I'm just stuck talking like Calvin Coolidge. <laughs> All right, stop it. Turn off his mic. Unless the 1920s come up again. That's funny. Yeah. I got a trivia question for you. Which oh, will I tease, love trivia questions. Which will tease ahead. Norway dominating the Winter Olympics. Tiny country. Norwegians, How please. do they do it? I'll explain it to you coming up. But By winning the events. It's easy to understand. Here's one hint. How many speed skating ovals do we have in the United States, which is 14 times the size of Norway and the Netherlands put together? Wow. We have 10 mm-hmm. of those uh, skating ovals for practicing. The whole in, nation. In Norway, which is a tiny little, well, it's like a big U.S. city. In terms of population, they have 72 speed skating ovals in that country. Wow. Wow. They take their Winter Olympics very serious. Mm. Lee. Mm. Who's Lee? (laughs) Um. (laughs) Some more on that coming up. Why they dominate. I should have speed skated as a lad. Boy, I love to skate. I got to start skating again. Great exercise. Yeah. Yeah. I'd wear a helmet now, though. Got to get over that. I think it was last time I skated or second to last time I skated. When was that, Gladys? Do you remember? It was, God, it was probably a decade ago. I actually, I was doing some of the stuff I used to be able to do, and I fell, and I conked the back of my head on the ice. And uh, and it wasn't a terrible, terribly hard conk, but I immediately, as a guy who's banged my head many times through my life, I immediately realized, wait a minute, that was different. My brain and my brain juices and everything as a... You're, you almost went to <laughs> a neurology school. That's right. I'm sorry to get all technical on you. <laughs> my brain juices. My brain juices. <laughs> I could tell it, the padding was different, like the machine had changed. And I thought, oh, no, this is not cool. God dang, that hurt bad. It was scary. It, it, it terrified me. But anyway, I should skate some more. Um, Where was I? Ah, oh, Yes. The kids that and adults that showed up to the White House yesterday talking about uh, losing losing classmates, losing their daughters, losing their sons to the shooting. Really powerful stuff. Um, CNN had a town hall with some of these people uh, yesterday, last night. Um, one student, shooting survivor, he was there at the school. He bowed out. A student who survived the mass shooting at a Florida school said he pulled out of the town hall meeting on CNN because the event was scripted. A claim the network is strongly denying. 
Quoting him, CNN had originally asked me to write a speech and questions, and it ended up being all scripted, said Colton Hobb, a junior ROTC member who shielded other students from gunfire at the school last week. He told this to a, a, an ABC affiliate in Miami. I expected to be able to ask my questions and give my opinion on the questions, the 17-year-old told the station. Uh, and then he wanted to talk about using armed military veterans to guard the schools. He eventually declined to participate in the town hall meeting. I don't think that it's going to get anything accomplished. I'm, it's not going to ask the true questions that all the parents and teachers and students have. CNN flat out rejected his contention that the network gave him questions and invited him on the air to talk about his proposals to enhance school safety. There's absolutely no truth to this, says CNN's senior manager of public relations. Wow, so the kid is just lying for some reason. Kind of interesting that they have the the, CNN flack. Kind of interesting that they have the public relations department speaking to this and not the news department, I think. Well, listen, I hate to sound prejudiced, but I don't know this young man or anything about him, but I do know CNN is a shameless piece of crap. So So there's that. That's where you're coming from. Yes, that is where I'm coming from. Now, I didn't see it. Deb Saunders just said it was a pretty far-ranging conversation, so it doesn't sound like they would have wanted to keep the, you know, an ROTC. Well, no, I think she didn't see CNN. She saw the listening session at the White House. ROTC member is obviously going to be a lot more pro-gun than probably your average person. Or certainly... Come at uh, it from a different yeah. angle, and, sure. And yeah. it's it would be possible that CNN would want to keep that voice out of it. I don't know that they did. It's hard to imagine why this high school kid would lie about it. Right. Boy, there were a couple of ROTC students at that school who held doors for others, protected others, etc., their, did their duty as they saw fit. And, you know, it's entirely symbolic, and it won't bring them back, but I thought it was really, really cool that West Point um, sent their families letters of acceptance uh, for the year that they would have enrolled, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's sad, but it's it's sweet. It was a nice gesture. Anyway, uh, God bless them. Um, so, you know, speaking of media and the way they approach things and stuff like this, I was reading this piece by somebody who I really like, and he's he's been a great guest on this show. Uh, it's a piece in the Washington Post. I'm not going to call him out, but the headline was really intriguing. Russia used mainstream media to manipulate American voters. And I thought, wow, okay, somehow the mainstream media got pulled into this. And it, uh, and it is interesting. It has to do with the Russian disinformation campaign. What they, they took real news stories of reasonable accurate accuracy. You know, some of them are, you know, probably not. But, and they would just push them out to support a particular narrative. They were like a political campaign. If they were trying to establish, for instance, that Hillary was unfit for office for physical reasons, whatever. They Remember would... when she hawked up that weird loogie thing? Right. What was yes. it? Yes. What was the yes. loogie? Answer the question. That little disc. Remember when oh, Michael God. Savage was going on? What is the green disc? And wasn't there a story about a, like a catheter or something? <laughs> right. Vince was big on yes. that. Yes, <laughs> but, yes, But like when she stumbled up the stairs or huh. when she had to be dragged into the van, which was admittedly not cool or, well, uh, disturbing. Um, what they, did Trump call her? He had some comment for her on the campaign. Feeble from. Hillary or? <laughs> some weak Hillary, I don't know. Weak, uh, low energy. Did you see her getting in the van? So, but anyway, uh, but they would use legitimate news stories just to shape the narrative and push those out as fast as they could and manufacture retweets and trends and clicks like that. And I thought that was just 
it just goes to further illustrate um, how extensive and and deliberate and energetic the Russian effort to f with us was. And by the way, I just uh, I'm picky. I was born picky, and I am picking picky. Everybody, stop saying they're going to. And I tell you what, they're going to mess with the next election because that's what they do. They mess with elections. They mess with everything all the time in every way. I just don't want people to think that it's stopped. But soon they will start again. I just want people to be aware it's all the damn time. Well, they're absolutely involved in this gun debate. Right, right. And 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 certainly elections have consequences, blah, 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 and it matters especially then, but they're just always at it. But So anyway, but in this article in the, the Washington Post, they're talking about this, uh, this scientist who was studying this, and um, among the tweets uh, she studied, the most common links were to Breitbart News, followed by the Washington Post and the San Francisco Chironicle. The list of the top 25 linked sites had a conservative bent. Blah, blah, blah. And I thought, hmm, interesting. Let me click on the list of the top 25 and observe their conservative bent. Number one is Breitbart. Definitely. Number two, Washington Post. Unquestionably left-leaning. Number three, the San Francisco Chronicle. Leans so far left, it falls over and hurts its head. <laughs> then you've got, this is in order of, of uh, most linked by the Russian uh, guys. Cleveland Live, KSN Topeka, Daily Caller, The Hill, Fox News, Reuters, KMBC Kansas City, The Gateway Pundit, Kansas State Network, New York Times, Daily Mail, Huffington Post, Politico, uh, the Russian news organization, Kron for News in the Bay Area, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I haven't added up all these clicks, but there is no way you can describe this as right-leaning. Unless, you know what, and I know the guy, I'll bet he's in the crowd that thinks that conservative media are conservative and the New York Times and the Chronicle and the Washington Post are objective. I'll bet he's in that Probably. crowd. Yeah. Yeah. They're not ideal, ideological newspapers. No, 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 of course not. So, anyway, it just annoyed me. But again, I was born annoyed. So, uh, why the Norwegians are so good at sports all around the world, it's kind of interesting. Because they um, win a lot. Again, it's really easy to understand. Did a North Korean cheerleader accidentally cheer for an American, and what might happen if she did? Oh, that is hilarious and really, really sad. Uh-oh. We've all made mistakes in our lives. Who are we to judge? Well, most of us don't end up eaten by dogs. Or whatever happens. In that gruesome country. Did you shoot me or something? I like dogs. Stay tuned for all this stuff coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. the olympics with my kids really enjoying it they don't like the same stuff though second grader really likes the snowboarding and skiing and jumping and stuff like that and mm-hmm. my uh my kindergartner likes the ice skating for some reason really? the, the ice dancing i don't know why he likes the music oh he really likes music nice i think it keeps him interested thumbs up for that i didn't let him watch the canadian uh ah! sex show oh my god the canadian sex show that was scott muir and Teresa virtue 
who have won two. Lack of virtue, more like. They won two. <laughs> you're right. Thank you. <laughs> they won two gold medals with their not-so-PG programs. I'm reading from the New York Post. They're the ones that introduced us to the Canadian face hat. If you haven't seen that maneuver. I didn't need them to introduce me to that. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, they do some things that are just clearly sexual in nature in terms of skating moves. Well, the one is unmistakable. Certainly for those of us who've known the pleasure. pretty far that direction, too. I mean, what is that? I, uh... That's from the Kama Sutra. Gotta ask if on skates. Ask my wife if she can bend that way. Anyway, I'm they're not kind of doubting it. <laughs> they're not a couple yet, but the internet's all abuzz with hoping that they will become a couple. Okay, the internet needs a hobby. Yeah, spend your life worrying about that. The internet needs to read a book. <laughs> but so why is Norway so good at the dang Winter Olympics? Actually, they're good at sports just kind of all the way around. There's a book put out called Soccernomics, and it used the tools of social science to explain the state of international soccer and sports more broadly. They ranked various nations' standings in popular international sports, all kinds of sports, from baseball to soccer to Formula One car racing. (laughs) I guess they considered that a sport. Then totaled up the scores, and their top five countries for all, all different kinds of sports in the world are the United States. Thank you. The USSR slash Russia. The United Kingdom, Germany, and France. All countries with at least 65 million inhabitants. But when adjusted for population, Norway topped the field. Nobody is better at sports per capita than Norway, all sports considered, uh, period. Hmm. Um, The main thing the top of the rankings demonstrates is wealth. Richer countries tend to produce better athletes for a bunch of reasons, ranging from uh, government and corporate investments in sports to uh, the amount of leisure time you have to practice sports, childhood nutrition, etc., etc. I was wondering, my wife and I were talking about this yesterday, how many of the, like, you know, snowboarder girl who's really good at that or whatever grow up in rich families? Do you have any idea? Or skiers? It just seems know. like the access to doing that a lot would help. Skiing is expensive. Yeah, they, so, you well, see a lot less of the the kind of rags-to-riches story in the winter games that you do in the in the summer games for, yeah. like, track stuff. Because, you sure. know, like the... Anybody can run down the street. The, the down-and-out skiers are like, well, our parents only had a timeshare in Aspen. We didn't actually yeah. own our house there. Yeah, because you'd, you'd have to ski a fair amount. To even get down the road toward being good at that. Right, right. And they almost all move to somewhere in Colorado or to a Park City, Utah. So, like, you're watching this girl yesterday who grew up in Carmel, probably a lot of money, now lives in Park City, Utah, super expensive. Right. And snowboards all the time. Yeah, yeah. And hires the coaches and all that sort of stuff. Well, I remember very well growing up, you know, working class. I I think I was eight years old, Gladys. When I walked into the kitchen, my mom was there, and I said, Mom, can I have a bobsled? <laughs> I said, shut up and clean your room. Harp. <laughs> That's the end. She wouldn't buy you a bobsled? No. <laughs> you see how cool the bobsleds are this year? This yes. time around? So they're, they're, they they got flames painted on them and stuff oh, yeah. like that. Guy who won yesterday had a skull on his helmet. Yes. And they were talking about how, for whatever reason, all the years of the Olympics, even while the rest of the sports had gone that direction, there had been this culture in the Olympics of everything has to be very plain and old-fashioned looking and not a lot of frill and you don't call attention to yourself and all that sort of stuff. And for some reason, those shackles came off. Mm. And now people wear 
crazy stuff. And cool. Girl that won the snowboarding the other day wears a Snidely Whiplash mustache painted on her face. That's funny. She won the gold yes. medal. That's part of her thing. <laughs> wow, that's great. She got it tattooed on her little fingers so she could go like that. <laughs> but just so more flamboyant. Gets more attention. It's more fun to watch. Yeah. Here, I guess they're trying to have the, you know, this is just amateur athletes at athletics at its best mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. You know, that's a big conversation in baseball right now because in international baseball, you hit a home run, you twirl your bat, you do a touchdown dance, guys have really good ones and stuff. In American baseball, and I got to admit, I'm a old school on this, but my peeps are, we're dying off. In American baseball, you've got to be incredibly reserved and gentlemanly, or you'll get drilled the next time you're up at bat for being a show-off. And you watch some Japanese ba- baseball, the bat flipping after home runs is an art form unto itself. Right? I, would, I would like that. I'd get more enjoyment out of it. I think the other one's better for society, but for viewing, I think this is better. And the, the smart athletes know that you make more money by getting that sort of attention. Like I saw Sean White the other day, who knows a lot about marketing. Because he, you know, he won gold medal twenty years ago or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and so he came down his great run the other day. He gets a great score. He comes down. He takes off his helmet. And he throws it in the stands. Yeah. Well, that's a great clip. They're going to yeah. play all over the place. But they kept the camera on him, and I thought it was kind of funny. So yeah. they kept the camera on him. He said, "Hey, I'm going to need that helmet back. <laughs> Can I get the helmet back?" See, I'm not as cynical as you. I thought that was just a sincere expression of joy. I think that was an excitement. I think that was a he knows how to get on TV at no, night. No, at the moment he finished his run, no <laughs> and, way. And no they, way. And then they gave him his helmet back. He said, the visor. I need the visor, too. Does somebody have the visor? Because he needed his visor. <laughs> we need to have a vote. Let's have an internet vote. Was that premeditated or was that joy? Absolutely. They've figured out how to market these oh, things. Which no. is just smart. No. So the Norwegian government policy, this is how much emphasis they put on athletics. Every farmer, every fisherman, no matter where he lives in the country, has the right to play sports. Norway will spend what it takes to achieve just that. The government will. Just as supermarkets have sprouted all over Britain, there are all-weather sports grounds everywhere in Norway. Even in the unlikeliest corners of the country, there's generally one around the corner from your house where you could go work out. A locker room, a skating rink, whatever you need to participate in sports. Coaches have acquired uh, are are all over the place. Kids can play and train on a proper team for very little money because it's all supported by the government. They want anybody with any talent to have the opportunity to get into sports and then rise up. Healthy mind, healthy body, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I think probably an overemphasis on sports. I don't know. If I it's need doing a any heated good. golf course above the Arctic Circle, please. Well, Twelve have, months a year. Yeah, I think what you were hinting at it has some extra just societal benefits of if everybody has that ability, then you're you're healthier as a society physically as well. Mm, it's probably be. cheaper than treating obesity, America. Huh? Mm. Huh? How about that? Mm. Anyway, Check they're, mate, they're killing everybody in the Winter Olympics. The three most decorated Winter Olympians of all time, all three Norwegian. Not a, not a surprise. What's coming up in your Andy news? Mark P. Daly was one of them, I know. <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshall? The Trump administration pushing school safety now on all fronts, and it's trending millennials using avocados to propose. Stories coming up minutes no, from now, Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Stay tuned for all that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Here's a great freaking point, by the way. Okay. So the Norwegians dedicate all that time to the extracurricular activities of sports, which I think is an overemphasis not needed. 
um, they have plenty of money to do it. Why? Because they don't pay their damn NATO bill. How about Norwegians make us all happy by paying their NATO bill? Oh, hello. Oh, they don't have to. That's right. The United States of America will make sure they're not invaded by any foreign hostile country so they don't have to spend any money on NATO or their military or anything like a lot of those countries. They have plenty of money for foolishness like who can ski the fastest. Or at least they did until Donald J. Trump was elected and said, you got to pay your damn tab. How's that coming along, by the way? Are they paying their damn tab? Uh, a lot more. People Good. are paying a lot more. Good. Yeah, that is amazing, though. A lot of those rich countries, that's one of the reasons they've got so much money. They don't have to worry about a military. We do, because we're the policemen of the world, for better or worse. And I'd say it's for better. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, i got to tell you, he's not letting up. President Trump meeting with state and local officials on school safety issues this morning at the White House. The meeting coming after Trump said he's going to be pushing for stronger gun control measures. Now, Vice President Mike Pence was speaking at a conservative gathering in Washington, D.C. this morning, saying... Earlier this week, President Trump called on Congress to strengthen background checks, and two days ago he directed the Department of Justice to expedite the regulation of bump stocks. Later this week, when the president meets with the nation's governors in our nation's capital, we'll we'll make the safety of our nation's schools and our students our top national priority. It was a markedly different tone than the one that was deployed minutes earlier by the NRA chief Wayne LaPierre who delivered an unbowed defense of gun ownership. Chris Murphy, Nancy Pelosi and more cheered on by the national media eager to blame the NRA and call for even more government control. They hate the Second Amendment. They hate individual freedom. So here's an interesting you know, that's set. a little over the top, but listen, the left is blaming the NRA for the deaths of children. That would make you a little fired up. And so, yes, he responded and took a different tone than Mike Pence. But this is an interesting stat. There are about 81 million... Is it about Norwegian skiers again? There are about 81 million gun owners that aren't NRA members and 5 million that are. Wow. Only 5 million out of damn near 90 million gun owners... Are in the are NRA members now? Mm. There might be a lot of gun owners who agree with what the NRA says, but not enough to become a member, which isn't much. Right? Not much of a hurdle. Yeah, it's not a very big dues, as I recall. But yeah, um, what I wonder what the voting uh, turnout is among M- NRA members versus non-NRA member gun owners. I'm sure it's higher, but oh, I got polled last night. By the way. I actually answered my cell phone just on a whim. I couldn't recognize right. the number, but it was a polling outfit. Wanted to know my opinions about the president and and uh, local congressional race and that sort of thing. I did read that two to one in the past, two to one people that support gun rights turn up and vote versus people who want to curtail gun rights. I heard that myself just yesterday. It's another one of those, you know, a lot of noise on social right. media, but people don't actually show up and vote. Like young people, probably that's part of the split, young versus old, be right. part of it. Young people, you know, go to Bernie Sanders rallies, do all this stuff, but they don't actually show up and vote for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. That day, they just can't manage to get around to it. Um, they could change, though. Th- this, this issue might be hot enough now that, that people are fired up enough they actually vote. I don't know. Well, a lot of millennials, like Positive Sean, are true innovators. Now it turns out they are using avocados to propose. 
Ring boxes are out. Avocados are so in. No, they're not. <laughs> Millennials have replaced ring boxes with ripe avocados when they're proposing to their significant others. They cut open the cotto, they put the ring where the pit would be, and then when they get down on one knee, they open up the avocado to reveal the ring. What are you, a magician? Inside. Pick a card. Tear a quarter <laughs> off of this card. Now, guess what's in that orange? <laughs> Come on, guys. Uh, be better. Uh, Hashtag be better. My slogan for the year. I was about to say, if if the millennial generation yes. does away with the engagement ring diamond thing for getting married, I will hail them as the greatest generation of all time. If <laughs> Never they decide, mind World War II. Why are we spending all this money on a shiny rock? What right. are we? What are we doing with this housing for? prices these days? Yeah, how about we go on a great vacation or buy a house or put it in a four hundred one k or something? <laughs> you would be the greatest generation of all time. No, let's buy a shiny rock. <laughs> difficult to uh, difficult to pick that end of the argument. No, they're still buying the shiny rock. They're just putting it in a greasy vegetable for some reason. <laughs> now yeah, that's a real great story, story by avocado <laughs> farmers. Except that they're not, and Marshall is making all of this up. <laughs> Pro tip, though, from millennials who are in the know. If you're going to try this one out, make sure you keep the avocado in a sealed plastic bag along with the pit before you pop the question. Oh, because then it turns that gray dead skin color. Yes. You don't want your beautiful ring in the gray dead skin old avocado. You want it looking fresh. (laughs) For some reason. And she said yes in between her vomiting. I'm saying there's a 75% chance you got hooked by some phony story that's being pushed around. Oh, no. No, it's on the Internet. Oh, well. Excellent retort. (laughs) Meanwhile, the U.S. women's hockey team ended a 20-year gold medal drought. They beat our tribal Canada 3-2. The game was a tie. The shootout is a a meaningless and idiotic exhibition. It's a novelty, not a way to settle a game. Canadian players. It's the last game of the Olympics. Play till somebody scores. their silver medals. Well, you gals got to get back to house cleaning or what? You got a date tonight? (laughs) Finish the game. Joe is against the most exciting (laughs) moment of the entire Olympics. And he wishes it hadn't happened. Hey, for some reason. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the U.S. is going to be playing Sweden for the gold medal in men's curling after knocking out Canada 5-3 to yes! in a tense semifinal showdown. I saw a little curling yesterday and our friend Jim Cosmore doing the announcing. It was fantastic. He really brought the enthusiasm. <laughs> now in curling, they curl to the curls are curled. Yes. They don't have a shootout at the end. Which brings us all now, once again, to Positive Sean's Olympic medal meltdown. Yes, uh, there's been some movement at the bottom side of the top five, but the the, the front of it, the top side, what? Too many words. Norway is in the lead with eleven. Not enough recognizable ones. Yeah, Norway is in the lead with eleven thousand dollars of, of, of medal winnings. We have Germany in second place with ninety-seven hundred. Now you no. get the gold medal for verb jumping. <laughs> Canada in third. Boo! Seventy-four hundred dollars. USA in fourth, up from their fifth spot, sixty-eight hundred, and that leaves the Netherlands in fifth place, fifty-nine hundred dollars in winnings. Take that, you windmill humpers! <laughs> that is a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips on the Armstrong and Getty Show, conscious of the nation. Ah, Good girl, Squawky. Yeah. I just recently found out Squawky's a girl, Bald Eagle. I sexed her. Uh, Hmm. Did you? Yeah. Wow. Is that a skill you picked up in the Boy Scouts or something? Kind of. So the petering out process coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation.
Armstrong and Getty Show. McClanahan is there. The puck is still loose. 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to Silk. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Unbelievable. 1980 Miracle on Ice. U.S. beats the Soviets, actually in the semifinal game, then beat Finland for the gold, but the key was beating the Soviets. So, at the time... Um, and that's when we used amateurs, still. Well, yeah, that's exactly where I'm going. Oh, okay. The reason it was so exciting, and I was a hockey freak and a hockey player at the time, and I lived and breathed hockey, we, every Olympics, would send true amateurs... And guys who couldn't make the NFL and college kids and whatever and put together a team and go up against the Soviets who had a bunch of quote-unquote amateurs who were some of the best-paid professional hockey players in the world. They just all happened to be a captain in the Soviet Army was their real job. And their duties included playing hockey all the time for a living. And so we would send our plucky amateurs against the best well, certainly uh, among the best professional hockey players on earth over and over again and get our brains beat in by not only professional hockey players who were fooling absolutely no one in pretending they're amateurs, but they're representing the evil effing empire. At the height of the Cold War, that's when I I used to have the numbers in front of me, like 70,000 nuclear weapons. On planet Earth, pointed at each other at that point. Yeah, and 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 the fact that, and I still remember a lot of those guys' names, uh, unaided recall. The fact that you know Herb Brooks, who was the coach, and um, and those actual amateurs went out there and played so hard and so smart and and hustled and other, and they won the game and they had a goalie who stood on his head, as we say in the goalie business. Uh, it was just, it was unbelievable. And the the sense of justice combined with the patriotism, patriotism combined with the Cold War thing, it's just that it will not be equaled, at least, you know, probably not in my lifetime. Um, but it was, oh, my God, I can't. I'm not sure I've ever felt that sort of joy before or since in any sporty. Thing. Well, I'm certain I haven't. Well, yeah. Yeah. If you feel that way about your local rented millionaires winning most of which don't live in your town and are going to move on next year. And, and would have their security guard beat you down if you approach them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not quite the same There's thing. There's probably something wrong with you. But it was uh, it was something. It was amazing. So the evil empire, well, the evilest empire that's competing at this Olympics, of course, is North Korea, just across the border, about 30 miles from where they're competing. And as we've talked about now for dang near two weeks, the North Koreans have this uh, cheerleader squad. They got all these... Uh, Young beauties, they're called, or something like that. Really young girls that are there to cheer for the North Korean teams. As we pointed out, they're political prisoners. They're political prisoners. They're surrounded by glum-looking, scary men who are around them all the time. And so one of the North Korean cheerleaders accidentally cheered for an American yesterday. I hadn't watched any of this, but they put this large group of cheerleaders in the crowd, and it's a whole bunch of them, and they got these uniforms on that match. There you go. And they uh, and they look as sour as they possibly can when anybody else is competing. Right. They don't move at all. They stare straight ahead. Uh, and when their team comes out, they cheer like crazy. Well, one of the girls was kind of spacing out, apparently, 
and just started to clap a little when the United oh. States were announced. And the girl sitting next to her keeps looking straight ahead, elbows her, says something, and then the girl stops. And looks at her and says, what, what, what? And yeah. it, it is not an exaggeration. I don't think it's an exaggeration, is it, to say that she may die because of that, that or woman, her family. I guarantee that woman is terrified for her life She right should now. be. Yeah. People get executed all the time for not cheering loudly enough. Right. Well, the, the primary purpose of it, having studied the dictating game as well as the hockey game, is um, it's a perfect opportunity to ter- terrorize the rest of the population into compliance. If you single her out and execute her for that sin, that sends a really effective message to everybody else. So, yeah, I, I absolutely fear that she is doomed. Isn't that something? Yeah. And and I love the, uh, who was it who, who pointed out that um, those so-called cheerleaders are the perfect expression of uh, North Korea. They are interchangeable drones with no free will, no opportunity to express themselves, and they are prisoners of the state. So, well, yeah, yeah, NBC, they're super exciting. Having grown up the way they grew up, they probably have practically no idea what's going on. Yeah, that poor gal. God dang it. I've done that before, haven't you? Where you're just kind of spacing out at something and other people start clapping, so you start clapping in your room. Wow, I'm clapping for the wrong team or the wrong person. Or, I hate this idea or whatever. Right. right. Just, little chance you'll be fed the dogs for that. Right. God, that's amazing. Yeah, it is. And uh, I had not noticed until it was pointed out and saw some photos of the scary-looking dudes who sit at the end of each row, looking down the row, making sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Who will report back. To uh, to what's going on? Who yeah. was cheering loudly enough? Who fat in the head and, to fat head and his sister? Who is absolutely? She's there, Ivanka Trump, and is absolutely the star of these games. You remember that? God, yep. that was a low moment in American media, and there have been so many. <sighs> so Ivanka herself is going to the closing ceremony. Our Ivanka night. Trump is our, going. Our Ivanka. I hope Fat Head's sister is there. I want to see Our that. is better than yours. Our is better than everybody's Ivanka. And now, <laughs> Sleeve Boy presents Final Thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Thank you very much. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Hey, Marshall Phillips, final thoughts? Well, earlier it was announced with much pomp and circumstance, A&G now own armstrongandgetty.com. Got it from a friend of the show who bought it and saved it for them. And to repay him for his kindness, I am offering to cook he and his family big helpings of butter beef all around. Oh, boy. Along with a free dinner show, a display of my athletic push-up prowess. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So... You're a big fan of flatulence. That's an offer you can't refuse. Positive Sean, final thought. I think I may need help. I'm still stuck talking like Calvin Coolidge. Do I need to see a doctor for this? I don't know what to do. Oh, boy. I know what to do. Michelangelo, your final thought, sir. Trying to get myself into the 2022 Olympics for cross-country skiing, but where I live, there's no snow, and so far all I'm doing is ruining my skis on rocks and asphalt. Oh, boy. Uh, Jack, do you have a final sh- thought to share with us? So, yeah, I'm going to watch the U.S. beat Canada tonight in the hockey, try to recreate that great 1980 moment for my children, except it's not quite the same. I can't try exactly explain how evil the Canadians are. They're like the nicest people on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> but we bested them! We bested them! USA! Trust me, it takes my effort every day to whip up my anti-Canadian biases. They're not an easy people to dislike. Uh, and and finally, and we'll get to this story in full um, tomorrow because I want our Oregonian friends to hear it, but um, 
the Bend, Oregon daycare owner who was accused of ditching the kids, drugging them so she could go to the tanning salon on a regular basis, looks precisely like the sort of person who would ditch little kids to go to the tanning salon. And I am calling once again for the reinstatement of the Armstrong and Getty preemptive court where we take a look at you and decide, do you look like the sort of person who would dot, 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 and can find you guilty on that basis? Seems ripe for abuse. I can't stop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's something. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. But I got to go to the tanning salon. I'm so pale. Uh, Yeah, whatever. We'll see you tomorrow, huh? God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. If you had seen me in our school's production of Fiddler on the Roof, you would know that nobody would pay me to act for anything. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.